ups are so good. The downs um, are learning lesson. I take them as learning lessons now. You know, I used to be kind of getting in a depression mode, like, oh, what am I gonna do? But, you know, I always know that my goal is, you know, for my kids to have a better life than I did. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. If you're a new listener, this is the show where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn their stories of challenges and triumphs. We also get to know our neighbors a bit better, and I think that makes for an even more amazing community. Today, I have such an interesting businessman here to talk about his invention and how he's improving our lives by changing our public restroom experience. So, welcome Rob Pilecki of Washi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This is exciting. I'm glad to be here. Well, I am so excited to get to talk to you and learn more about your your challenges and this whole road it's so exciting to talk to an inventor and yeah. and kind of hear about what you've experienced so tell us for the listeners who don't know what washi is what is it yeah so uh, washi is the solution to dirty toilets and public restrooms so we provide a cleaner restroom experience um, for customers and we also uh, help businesses increase revenue and cut costs so that's our that's our slogan, our pitch. You've but, got that um, down good. <laughs> yes. I've, I've pitched many times, <laughs> and that, so I know that perfectly. But uh, really, it's a it's a toilet seat that allows the user to clean the seat before they use it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, tell us about what the inspiration was around that. So, in it's funny story. You know, I never inspired to be an inventor. Um, I always knew that I would be some type of business person. Um, my parents are entrepreneurs, uh, creative leadership, but um, you know, and I've always had ideas. But uh, in 2014, my family and I were traveling in Salt Lake City Airport, and my son Ty, four at the time, uh, he needs to use the restroom. So we stand in line, uh, stall opens up, he runs in and almost sits on a disgusting toilet seat, and he won't sit on paper toilet seat covers. No, no kids will. Yeah, so, they, they kind of freak him out. Yeah, it freaks him out, right? Yeah. You put down this, this thing on the toilet, <laughs> it's like an alien to them, and they freak out. So um, I think fast, there's a line, uh, grab some toilet paper and soap, clean down the, the toilet seat, and he takes care of business, and then a light bulb goes off in my head. It's like everything in the public restroom is hands-free, except for like, the most important thing. Yeah, right. The, the toilet seat. So I figured, um, you know, with my long list of ideas, this is the thing that might make me a millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I went after it, yeah. Yeah, and so what does that even look like? So at the time, you, were you in public service, is that correct? So, you so were, I was. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, to the, in 2013, I was appointed to elective office, and then in 2014, I ran and I won um, uh, election. So I was an elected official in the state of Idaho. Um, so you had a full-time gig. So full-time yeah. gig. Um, me and my wife own a small cleaning business as well. I own a videography company. Um, I was an independent film director in Hawaii. I won several awards in film. So, you know, we always are doing something else other than our full-time jobs. Um, yeah, and so I started out and um, I contacted a patent attorney and I went from well, wait, there. Well, wait, wait. So, like, did you already know? Because it, when you say that to me, I'm thinking, okay, in the stall, there's going to be something on the wall that I squish out. And, like, did you already have the vision for what it would look like as it looks like today? No. So, it's grown. Um, you know, I'm someone that I feel like I can fix things. Like, I, I can find solution to, you know, to things. Anything there's always like something every day that I look at, well, they should do it this way, or this is the better way to do it. So, um, you know, I got my list of ideas, and I was like, oh, I know how to fix this solution. So the first prototype looked like, it was huge. It, you know, it's basically... <laughs> it was uh, like one of those risers that the yeah, elderly put it, onto exactly. their... Exactly. Yes. Think uh -huh. about those, those, those huge toilet seats that are for elderly people. <laughs> yes. It looked like that. Okay. So and you're is, like, that's probably not going to fly. Yeah, it's not going to fly. It's too big. Um, because I had to fit a dispenser inside of the seat. Yeah. Um, so from what the way it looks now, it looks totally modern now. Yeah, streamlined. It has a nice look to it. So... 
Yeah, at first, I, you know, if you look at my garage, I have over 25 toilet seats, all <laughs> drilled, cut up, you know, my garage was, you know, the place where I invented it, so. Okay, so let's step back just a little bit. Okay. You have 25 toilet seats in your garage. Like, yeah. at, did anybody look at you and say, what are you doing? Like, what is this Crazy. invention yeah. that you think you're doing? Yeah, especially, you know, family and friends. Yeah. They came over and like, <laughs> You know, this is stupid. What, what are you doing with <laughs> your time? Why are you so passionate yeah. about a toilet seat? You know, I stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning drilling in my garage, you know, finding out what kind of plastic or how to make this thing. And um, you know what? One Somebody who did believe was my wife. Yeah. My wife believed in it. When she found out, when I showed her the first prototype, she was like, yep, this will work. Yeah. So, you know, as long as my wife was on board, you know, I didn't really care who oh, else. Oh, I love her. Know. That's great. Yeah. So, um, and also my, my family, my family um, uh, gave me some money to start up. Right. So um, my parents and my brothers and sisters. So it was, it was good to have my, my family and my wife believe in me. And that's, that's what, you know, has driven me ever since. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you started talking about a patent. Did you have to have the design that you have now in order to apply for a patent or how does that work? Yeah. So a utility patent just is how it works. So, um, it soap dispenses so the on the top of, surface. Okay. Um, and then a design patent looks like, okay, what does it look like? And so I have a utility patent. So okay. No one can copy, uh, you know, my design of, uh, you know, soap, a motor, uh, batteries inside of a seat that dispenses, um, you know, cleaning solution on the surface of the seat. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so you had to hire a patent attorney to help you with this. I did. One of the best in Southeast Idaho. Did you know what you were doing? Like, did you just look them up in the, we don't have yellow pages anymore, but like, did you know who to go to? I looked him up. Uh, so I looked him up. And <laughs> Thanks I had, for the Google machine. Yeah, and I had met him since I was in politics. Everyone kind of knows me in town. Yeah. So, you know, I had met him at a conference once. Um, he just came up to me, introduced himself, and then I think about six months later, I, I contacted him. I was like, "Aren't you the patent attorney?" And and it went from there. And he, uh, his name is Jason Flagg. Uh, he's in Rexburg. Uh -huh. um, he used to be in Pocatello, but he is like uh, undefeated in patents. Wow! Every single patent he's gone after, he gets. Okay. So he's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, he. He got, he, we were issued a patent last year in 2018, and we have two pending. And how long does that usually take? So it took us four years. Oh, we yeah, were wow. denied three times. The USPTO, um, the patent office, um, they like to deny all the time. You know, they'll deny three or four times until you get it. But uh, we went through the process. Where is it? Was it technical denials? Like you just had to fix paperwork, or was it actually structural? Kind yeah, of? it was... Um, you know, we can infringe on other patents. So the bidet. Um, oh. So but ours they do is, different things. Yeah, they do different <laughs> things, right? Or that the five-star cleaning toilet seat that closed the lid and yeah. will clean the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So those use um, electricity um, and they use the water tank to help you know clean everything. Mine is portable, so everything is within the seat. Yep, self-contained. Um, and so you just take off the existing seat and put yeah. washi on. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fascinating. Thank you for educating us on that. Yeah, I don't know no how problem. many of us would have that experience to go through getting a patent. I mean, it's been, I, I could write a book on it now and I felt like there's, there's been probably over 10 people that have, um, you know, messaged me on Come social media. How do I start? Yeah. 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 What do I need to do now? And I love it. Like, yeah. I love giving out the information. Hey. If you need more information, I'll tell you how the process goes. It's, it was, if I knew somebody that went through the process, it would probably save me three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Well, whoever's listening, if you need a resource, yeah. you've got Rob. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you have two patents pending. I do. Is that on design? Uh, one more utility that covers more space. So once you start building patents, you want to build like... A, a fortress. Yeah, so, give you know, yourself just, uh, so yeah. nobody can start copying. You. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then I have a design pen. Okay, great. Yeah. And so, what is the anticipation? How long those will work through? It's with Who government. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> government slow. <laughs> I come from the government right, sector. Speaking from experience. Yeah, so slow. So <laughs> we just wait. In the meantime, I have my you know the most important uh, yeah, pen issued. 
So I'm out. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm rocking it right now. Yeah, good for you. Now, are you still in public service? I'm not. I, funny story. So uh, last year, 2018, I almost made it on Shark Tank. Um, oh, you'll have to tell us about that. Yeah, I went through. I, uh, I pitched in, in January at CES, uh, Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, the biggest tech show in the world. And I'm and I have a toilet bowl and a toilet seat in my car. You were prepared to do it there. You knew what, you you knew you were going there to pitch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went there to pitch, and um, uh, Shark Tank was was had the cat had casting in in CES. So in the Venetian Hotel, I had to push a toilet bowl and a toilet seat <laughs> through like like one mile. It felt like five yeah, miles of so people. Long. And, you know, I was, at first, you know, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, I, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to own this. Yeah. And, you know, I got so much positive response because everything was tech and a crowd kept forming around me. What is that? Well, what is yeah. that? What are you doing? I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the opposite response. So, I mean, just, to, just advice to some entrepreneurs, just go and do it. Don't be afraid of anything. Who cares what people think? Mm -hmm. Go and do it. Because I got the opposite response. And so I pitched. Shark Tank loved me. I made it very far. Um, and at one point they asked me, uh, because I was running for re-election last year, they asked me, well, you can't be on a, a network while running for office. Mm. Some federal guidelines. So you have to pick. So I picked Shark Tank. Yeah, good for you. It's like, no, okay, I'm going to go take it. it uh -huh. And I was so far in the process. And then they oh, cut me man. right before filming. <laughs> yeah. That's heartbreaking. I know when they cut me out. Uh, oh, my god. You're gosh. like, you, you're doing a, what? It was a low, all-time low. I, I had a really good job. Um, you know, I was safe. I was running unopposed. Um, and Shark Tank cuts me. And, you know, I... There was a lot of people who knew that um, I had applied for Shark Tank, and just to let people know that I oh, was, it's like, that I was like, oh, oh, oh you know, oh. the embarrassment of that. But um, <laughs> good thing is I, I still keep in touch with them. Yeah. So um, from that, when I left office, a lot of um, publicity got out. Yeah. I was in the papers, you know politician leaves um, office for <laughs> toilet adventure <laughs> almost makes it on shark tank so that's probably nothing like pushing a toilet bowl through the venetian is nothing, is now nothing everyone compared knows. to the highlights <laughs> and i'm like i didn't want to be known as a person who sold toilet seats but well, you know i'm what? sorry but that might be yeah, your legacy yeah, yeah. Well, you know what i don't care anymore yeah. i'm doing it yeah. um so you know from that um a company called squatty potty that was on shark tank contacts me. CEO yeah. Squatty Potty contacts me, says, come down to St. George next week. We want to talk. So go down there. Is Squatty Potty in St. George? Yeah. Is that their headquarters? That's their headquarters oh, in St. George. Okay. So they showed me their uh, facilities and, you know, we sat down, had a really good time with them. Really good guys. Um, I had to decline an offer from them. They Were they wanting to buy would, you or? They, they wanted to join the company, but they wanted a lot and we just couldn't um, meet at the same place, but yeah, right. you know, it's maybe Again, in the future. Yeah, you, you just know, don't know. They've, they've kept mm -hmm. in touch, and they're still some you know good guys. But um, I felt like I can do this on my own. So, will Shark Tank reconsider you at some point? Yeah, I've been in contact with uh, Shark Tank, and um, I can't say much. Uh -huh. I'll tell you after we get. But at uh, some yeah. point, they could reconsider you, and yeah. that would be. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we will hopefully look forward to you being on Shark Tank and oh. cheer you on. Well, thanks. That'd I appreciate be, it. Yeah. Well, okay. So what an adventure to... So then here you are without a job and without a, a spot on Shark Tank. Yeah. So tell me about that. You said that that was one of the lowest times. Like, yeah. how do you get through? Did, did you think, well, this is it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I um, I was lost for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know i think i think that um the last five years my wife and i had um, been in the community and lined up so many things for us that that helped us um just because so we run a small cleaning business and uh, she's a full-time real estate agent so she's she's bringing home the bacon for us right now she's mm. paying the bills mm -hmm. and um at first she wasn't an entrepreneur she was a nine to five you know um I don't want to be in charge of a business, but right. uh, since five years ago, she's grown so much 
you know, and now she's just entrepreneur, yeah. just the seat boss, <laughs> you know. So um, we were lucky that we made enough money with our small cleaning business that makes a quarter of a mil. You know, you're going to be town. okay. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, until Washi picks up and, yeah. and starts making some good money. So it's interesting. A couple of things that you've said to me, I think, are really poignant for us as entrepreneurs and business owners that, you know, you had some pretty big obstacles that now that you had to push through that gave you the next thing that you are getting to have. Sounds like the same thing with your wife. She may not have be- ever really blossomed into the entrepreneur she is yeah. had she not kind of had to. Um, so isn't that kind of the case, I feel like, with business owners? We we don't even sometimes know what our genius is. We just know we got to work it out, and we face those obstacles and go forward. Of course, yeah, the unknown, right? So every month, every, I mean, we just, we are the kind of people, I mean, we work really well together. We're the kind of people, if an opportunity comes up, we're taking it. I mean, now we're, we're still in the entrepreneurship road. Like, anything that comes up or with business... We are trying to find ways to make money on the side or like just do anything with business. We just love the the, the business process of getting things up and running. So together we uh, we own five businesses. Wow. Yeah. So talk to me about them. Do you want to share those yeah, with yeah, us? Yeah, sure, um, sure. So um, obviously she's a, a real estate agent and I do all the marketing for her. Um, and then our cleaning business, um, she runs the operations and I do all of the administrative work, uh, run the books. Then we have Washi. Um, um, I also own a videography company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was an independent filmmaker in Ho- Hawaii. Um, and so I'll talk a little bit about that. Okay, good. So, um, and this, this is probably comes along with entrepreneurship as well. So my, a friend and I... Um, Heard about a short film competition, and we had now. Did no you clue. live in Hawaii? So, I, so I graduated from Idaho State in two thousand and five uh-huh. or two thousand and four. Then I moved back to Hawaii in two thousand and five. And you're are you originally from Hawaii? I'm originally from Hawaii. Okay. Well, actually, long Let's story. Let's go back. <laughs> born in New Zealand. Okay. Uh, moved to Hawaii when I was twelve. Okay. Uh, came to Idaho when I was eighteen. Moved for school. Back for school. Met my wife. We moved to back to Hawaii in 2005, and then came back to Idaho in 2011. All so right, great. Back and forth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad Idaho was in there. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we love Idaho too. Um, this is a great place to raise our kids. It's safe. Um, the cost of living here is great. So yeah, right. we're here. Yeah. You know, good. we're living here. Well, I'm glad that you had Hawaii to compare that to. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It looks really we couldn't good. live in Hawaii anymore. I mean, we were making really good money, and Hawaii's just way too expensive. And it is. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, independent filmmaker in Hawaii. Yeah. So, a friend and I went to this this thing where there was they were given the instructions for a film competition. We had never picked up a camera, you know, no kind of film, whatever, whatsoever. So, sure. Why not? We're like, let's do this. It's you have to make this film in forty-eight hours and present it. And and um, directors from or uh, people who work from Lost, you know, the TV show Lost, and like Hawaii Five O, all that kind of crowd were there. You know, they were they were making films. So we so we just said you just you know, thought you could do it. it. We're gonna do it for fun. <laughs> and and we came in se- out of like 15, 16 films. We came in second place. Oh my goodness! And it was the worst film like production ever. But the storyline was good. Okay, good. They, everyone was like, wow, that was a good That's story. That's a good story. Creative. But it just sucked. Like, if you look <laughs> at it today, I'm like, what were we doing? Well, you didn't know what you were doing. We were up for 48 hours making this film. You know, we had a great time. And when we came second, we are like, we're doing this. So <laughs> We must be really good at this. Yeah, we were doing this. <laughs> we can tell a story, but we just don't know how to film it. So we got better and better. Eventually, we won first place. It was wow. a monthly competition. Oh, wow. Um, then I got an opportunity to work for Lost. So um, social worker, and then I was part-time gigging with Lost. And, and now, then, wait a um, minute. You went to school to be a social worker? So I graduated, <laughs> me and my wife were social workers. So, yeah. <laughs> so we never are. thought okay. we'd be in business, yeah. you, know? Uh-huh. you know, entrepreneurs. But um, we graduated in social work, Idaho State University, and then... In Hawaii, um, I worked f- uh, for the VA, uh, homeless veterans with substance abuse and mental health issues. So, gave about seven, eight years of my life to that. Yeah, wow. And then, um, 
And then, yeah, but on the side, we were always doing something, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, film was really good to, to me because I learned how to shoot my own commercials. I started doing that kind of stuff, making money. And then I won um, sh Best Short Film at the Hawaii International Film Festival, biggest film festival in Hawaii. So it just took off for me. Yeah, and then right. When I moved, and then we, when we decided to move to Idaho, I just kind of let go of it. You, you feel like that was something you couldn't pursue here? Yeah, it, mm -hmm. I sold all my equipment, um, but um, but it's something that I will get back into. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have a talent for videography and uh, and storytelling, but um, yeah. So after so Washi, now you're doing that. So when you say that you have a videography company or a business right now, mm -hmm. are you doing that for other people? Or I do, is this, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll go and shoot uh, commercials on the side just uh -huh. to make some money. Mm -hmm. um, and you've done all of your own videography for Washi? I have, yeah, yeah. it's good. So all my commercials, you see, it's all me. Yeah. Um, even like my, sh my pitches or uh, Shark Tank pitches, I'll set up my camera, all the lightings, run, it, run over, press record, <laughs> set up. I mean, you just have to do it. Yeah. You yeah. just have to go out and do it. Yeah. So it's the videography part, I didn't know that, that my work in Hawaii would lead up to this where I can just, any idea that I have, I can just go shoot it. Yeah. I'll go shoot a video, a quick video, and edit. And you're not dependent on having to get that to somebody else. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do it myself. Just edit it at my house and get it out. So yeah, it's been good. So um, so what's the message there? Like, it, clearly that wasn't the trajectory of your life. Did you believe that you were going to be doing social work for the rest of your life? Was that kind of... I did. Yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up poor. You know, I... I my, I owe everything to my parents. My parents, we used to live in uh, subsidized housing in Hawaii, very poor neighborhoods. Um, but my parents worked so hard to get us out of there, got us out. I never, never saw my dad, because um, he always worked all the time. And, you know, I'd, I'd visit him on his work site and, um, you know, it's like, oh, wow, my dad is, you know, the, hard the, boss, the boss of things. And <laughs> so I got my leadership from my dad. My dad was always like the Sunday school president. Um, always leading something, leading our family into something. And then I got my, oh. Oh no, I was just gonna ask, what was the motivation to leave New Zealand? The, just the American dream, uh -huh. the better life. Uh -huh. So my parents moved from the island of Samoa um, to New Zealand to get a better life. Yeah. They didn't yeah. speak any English, you know, they moved there. Um, they had, they, my brother was born in Samoa, they moved to New Zealand and then they, they had us. Um, mm -hmm. And so from there, um, my grandma was from American Samoa, so we were able to come to America. And so there's, they, we packed up it. everything, mm -hmm. nothing but clothes, suitcases, and came to And you to remember Hawaii. this because you were 12. I was 12 right? years old, yeah. Mm. So, and when we first moved there, we had nothing. Um, we were very poor and, you know, we just worked it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so my dad worked a ton, um, and then my mom... Uh, took care of the kids, and she's the creative one. You know, we're 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 poor, so she had to be really creative. <laughs> but um, you know, and and so we had to, we had to go sell things door to door, sell food, banana bread, and these co things called musubis. Uh, and I was at that time too. I was like, why am I? I hate doing this, you know. But it taught me so much, you know. I thank my mom and my dad for. All everything that they did for us because I mean it works it's it's working out for me now. Yeah, you, that shaped probably how you well obviously it shaped it did, who you yeah. are, but also to overcome some of those barriers because you're like you have to be a salesman these days. Oh yeah, I have uh -huh. to be able to talk to people. You know, my mom too. She's like she's like the life of the party. She goes somewhere and my mom is just in the middle. Everyone's talking to my mom. Yeah. So I get that from my mom. Yeah, I can good. I can talk to anyone, but um. Yeah, it's it's the things that I did as a kid um, it really just molded me. We, I was the only kid to go to college in my family, graduate from college, and you know I think it was because we had a late start. Um, I was the youngest in the family, and so they put they gave me you know everything yeah. I needed to. I got a scholarship at Idaho State, but you know there was more that I needed, and, and we weren't the richest, but uh, yeah, so. I've come, it's, you know, we've, we've come a, a long way. It's a great success story. A long journey. Already. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's awesome. So. 
So what's what's been the hardest thing for you in facing, especially with Washi? I know you have these other businesses, but what's been the biggest barrier for you to have to overcome to get this company going? Balance. Balance is, is one thing that is very difficult. Uh, when I was in politics, I used to work tons. And I, I, I missed a lot of my kids' football games, soccer, um, dance recitals, things like that. And, and um, balancing the life between staying up at 3 o'clock, talking to China, and working all day, trying to get things going, leaving, leave, like, I just left to Lehigh. I didn't know I was leaving to the next week, I mean, to the week prior. So I'm always just leaving you know, randomly to go take care of business. So that balance, and, I, and I've been able to coach my son's teams, coach my daughter, um, attend everything now because of, you know, I don't have a nine to five, but I have a 24 seven, right? So that balance has been pretty difficult. But then also, you know, I don't know what's coming next. Since I haven't um, led a company before, I'm, I'm always learning something every week and I thought, wow, I didn't think I need to be, you know, I needed to do to that. To know this, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, now I have to go figure out shipping or warehouse distribu- distribution, chemical liability, uh, you know, toilet seat manufacturing, um, uh, cleaning distribution, sand, sand, I mean, all kinds of stuff are coming up. And, and you know, I'm just surprised. Deer, deer in headlights, like, okay, now I, guess I have I'll to go figure, figure this out. out. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's been difficult but when i when i figure it out it's simple yeah it's really simple so it sounds like other than your wife you don't have any other partners in the business that are helping you i do do. we have some investors now okay good um they were friends friends and family um investors but not hands-on doing the work Uh and then i also have um the i bought on a vp of the company his name's dane simmons he's a serial serial entrepreneur here in southeast idaho um and he he oversees sales. Dane can sell anything uh-huh. to anyone. I still Eskimo, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, so this is how you have a little bit of operating capital. You've got some investors that see the vision, and yep. there's they're like, okay, we're on board with you. And yeah. So where is the washi being manufactured at? So is so I took a trip to China in January. China is, are the experts in dispensers. So a dispenser company has designed help designed a toilet seat never done before yeah they make hand sanitizer dispensers paper towel dispensers but basically uh, a dispenser is inside of the seat but no american companies do that it's all made in china so yeah. every dispenser you see in america is made in china so i had to go there in in january meet with my manufacturer best trip of my life by the way why I, I, china is just nothing that i ever thought it was going to be the merit mer- we're about 10 years behind yeah we are so behind in infrastructure architecture um technology so just seeing it was just an adventure in and of yeah. itself even in our biggest cities like lax airport or seattle seattle's ca- i think is catching up slowly but the technology in china is just way advanced yeah. and we need to catch up in america but um it was just a good experience overall great food um, and just uh, yeah, and just so good you were experience. able to secure your manufacturer. You know who you're working with. Yeah. And, so yeah. Um, we have a manufacturer that works with well-known companies in the United States, like P and G and Gojo. Uh huh. Um, so they're very reputable. Uh, we locked in a deal with them, and uh, yeah, things are moving. Great. Yeah. So tell us, where would we find the washi these days? Like, are you actually in public restrooms places? So we haven't even shipped our first production run You yet. have not. Yeah, we are pre-selling. <laughs> we, All we right, have I'm gone, so excited. <laughs> We've got we, you on pre-sell. Yeah, we have gone um, so much marketing out there, so much you know publicity that's really good for us. But we don't have washies available yet. Um, we'll start our production, and they'll be here at the end of September. But we're talking to, we're in discussions with eight major airports in Canada and the United States. Two of those airports are ready to sign. Uh, two are scheduling uh, pilot runs uh, in, at the end of July and in September. And then one very large airport um, is waiting for data 
from those airports to make a million dollar purchase. Okay, so let's talk about these pilot runs. How are you going to, what's the, will you be surveying the individuals who are using them? Like, how are we gonna know that this is successful? Correct, so, so pilot runs are tricky. With airports that are run by government entities, they're gonna be all on my cost, right? So it's a it's gamble, but I think it will work. Um, so airports are getting into customer experience. Airports are in the rental business, so they rent out terminals, concessions. So the more customers spend, uh, the more money airports make. Um, so uh, increasing customer experience is really big. So we will put out a, um, have you seen those happy or not um, survey takers? And they have these little machines and they have smiley face, oh, sad yeah, yeah. face, yeah, yeah. mad face. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they're in front of restaurants. Okay, that will it. determine, okay, if Tell our product is working. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So we'll install Washi for a week at these airports and you know, and thousands of people will use them yeah. and, and then we'll get the data back saying we loved our experience, we hated our experience. Okay. Yeah. So this is a big deal. So it's like a big deal. This next Pretty fall is going to be kind of a big deal for you. Really big airports in California and Texas. So yeah. We, oh, excited to hear how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we're excited. You know, every time we, we lock down a deal, you know, we've locked down some deals in Canada. Um, wow. After we get off the phone, Dane and I are just jumping, like, you know, <laughs> jumping, like, we did yes, it, we got let's it. go, let's go. So, <laughs> I mean, it's up the ups and downs, the yeah. ups and downs. The ups are so good. The downs, um, a learning lesson. I take them as learning lessons now. You know, I used to be kind of getting in a depression mode, like, oh, what am I going to do? But, you know, I always know that my goal is, you know, for my kids to have a better life than I did and then to retire my parents of... Um, my mom is already retired of, you know, I cashed in my 401k and gave half of it to my parents to pay off some of their bills so they could retire. And then once Washi makes it and give them a bunch That's of money it. and let them retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are they still in Hawaii? They're still in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So you and Dane are doing this thing, but I understand you recently had an opportunity to pitch to some VCs and angel investors. So tell me about that. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Listen to this story. So. I got a call last week um, to pitch to um, a little over 30 investors in each group, uh, VCs and angels in Lehigh, the new Silicon yeah, Slopes. Yeah, Silicon Slopes, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, I don't even have a pitch deck ready. <laughs> so, You're like, pitching? Yeah, what? <laughs> pitch deck, what, what am I supposed to do here? Get a presentation ready? So, get this presentation ready. They give me a team to to help me out on the pitch deck. Oh, they did, good. Yeah, so, you know, we're running down to the last minute, the day before I submit my uh, pitch deck. Was it probably similar to what you did for Shark Tank? Yeah, a little Uh similar, a little similar. It just Uh tells, you know, what's your company about, how much money you're asking for, how are you gonna get their money back to them, blah, 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 right? And so I get everything done the night before, I drive down to Lehigh that morning, barely get there, I don't even, my pitch, like I practiced my pitch in my car the whole way down there. Of course. And I'm like so nervous, but you know, when they call me up, it's showtime, you know, time to go. So perfect pitch, like they love it. One of the panelists comes up to me and says, oh, the best pitch of the day. Oh, yeah. And you know, it was just awesome. And I got a lot of leads to companies in Utah and uh, two investors that are really interested. And, and I'm also, I got invited to another pitch, the uh, Park City Angels, a huge pitch in um, August, and then wow. one in Boise. So wow. it's just leading to more, you know, and I almost canceled. I almost canceled because I thought I wasn't ready. Yeah. It's like, you know what, just go. Just go and do it. Who cares? I don't care what people are going to think. Yeah. I just need to go do it. Here's your experience. Get and it I then. connected, I swear, I connected with over 15 good leads. Oh, that's to great. either money or to... Uh, business to you know to uh, networking is just yeah so I never doubt I love that message and I love the message of just getting yourself out there because if we live in all of this self-doubt we don't know what opportunities are passing us by yeah. when we decide no I'm not ready I'm not gonna go yeah, like, it's gotta canceled. be perfect yeah yeah, yeah. so we got to lead to uh, the to the Vivint Center Utah Jazz wow. was there and if she was like I love it I'll connect you with our facilities people uh, and it's just a blessing you know I um 
I'm getting a lot of uh, emails and calls and uh, people wanting to be a part of Washi. I never, never expected any of this. Yeah. So. Well, but now you're expecting it, right? Like this is yeah. going to be it. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> now I want it. I want it to yeah, happen. Yeah, you so see fast. the vision that it could happen. Yeah. So you just started in 2018. It is kind of happening fast. Yeah, it's moving fast now. Yeah, that's we, great. You know, and, and remember, I started in 2014. Well, that's true. We yeah. had that four-year time of just yeah. waiting for that patent. Waiting for the patent mm -hmm. and, and refining, you know, the, the how the seat looks, how the seat works. Yeah. I've, I spent close to uh, 110 grand of my own money. Um, so I put a lot of time and money into it myself. Yeah. And then got um, some investors. Uh, investors, good friends of ours in Hawaii, give us... Um, a lot of money and um, a doctor here in Southeast Idaho Great. also gave us some money. So sees the vision. And yeah, 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 they love it. So I mean, good. most people love it. Most people, um, you know, they're afraid of new something new. Um, but we're I, I consider us like Uber and uh, Airbnb. No one ever expected to go and sleep in someone's home. No, right. <laughs> and look how the billion, trillions of billions of yeah. dollars these guys are making and yeah. nobody expected to go in a stranger's car. Yeah, somebody it's, just come pick me up. Yeah, changing consumer behavior. So a lot of people love it, but a lot of people say, well, I have to wipe, you know, wipe it down myself. Well, well, yeah. yeah you <laughs> yeah. also had to apply the yeah. thing, the, yeah, exactly. the paper that fell in the toilet half yeah. the time. <laughs> and so in the, in there's studies that those toilet paper covers are all psychological. Uh, they're, they're, they're not absorbing. really protection. Yeah, they're absorbent, so bacteria can seep through. Wow. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. So, so it's all psychological. Don't even. Not even point of even putting it on there. Yeah? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> okay. Great. Um, you've been through quite the journey, obviously, with this. So, what advice would you give to an individual considering self-employment and mm. you know being an entrepreneur? You've invested so much of your own time and money into this. I'm sure it's been discouraging along the way, like yeah. you shared, but what advice would you give to somebody else? Would you tell them to do it? Yeah, I, um, I would tell them to do it strategically. Don't quit your job until it's time, until you know it's time to do it. Um, just for myself, and, uh, and I'd like to tell my story. I, I never want to tell anyone what to do with their lives because my life has been different and I've, and I've come over so many obstacles. It will be different for everyone, you know? Right. But coming through entrepreneurship, I will never work for anyone again. I will never work a nine to five again because I know what I'm capable of. And entrepreneurs that have that feeling inside that they, they're, they're better than what they're doing right now, then they need to go, they for, need it. To go for it. Mm -hmm. Then if you think you're better than what you're doing right now, then go. Start doing it. Don't wait. There's no excuses. You have no excuses. If you're watching TV, yeah, you're wasting your time. Yeah, you got time. You, you got you got time to do things. I, I have three kids, a wife, I have family. We have tons going on. I make time to make this successful. And once it starts to blossom, it's worth it. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't have to be somewhere eight hours a day, you know, half of my day working for someone else. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just doing my own thing, you know. Like but on the flip side, like you said, you don't get to go walk away. This is a 24-7 thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it is 24-7. I mean, some days, three or four hours, I mean, three or four days a week, I'm 24-7. I have to tell my wife, you have to take care of the kids. Yeah, I, I gotta ha focus. have to get these completed. I'm going to Lehigh. Yeah, and then <laughs> two days, maybe there's nothing going on yeah. and, I, and I just go golf or something. And, yeah. yeah. But um, it, it's a, Truly an adventure, but for those for those who are thinking about going, doing it, if you think that you're better than what you're doing now, then go do it. And then, um, and don't be afraid. I was so afraid of what people thought. People don't know anything, especially especially your friends. You know, um, <laughs> they love you, but they, they're not always giving you the best advice. Yeah, they're not giving you the best advice, and they're not experts at what you're. If if you think differently from them, that's good. You know, I always thought differently than most people, like on how things should change and how things should should work. And um, just because someone else thinks differently than you, doesn't mean they know anything. So move forward, be confident, you know. I love it, it's great yeah. advice. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, well, I always like to give the listeners um, some resources from our guests. So 
tell us, like, do you have a book or something that's inspiring that maybe you could share with the listeners that yeah. has changed you? So um, when I first started, I was so lucky to um, be sh- given a, or sh- well, shared a podcast, How I Built This. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, it's what inspired this show. So <laughs> I love that one. It's yeah. awesome. It is my favorite. It's my go-to show. Um, uh, a friend said, you should listen to this podcast. All the entrepreneurs that were successful tell their story on how they made it. And so the first episode I listened to was a hit. And I was like, this is me. This is what the early parts. This is what I'm going through now. So if any entrepreneur, that that is my go to. Yeah. And then how I build this. So and then I've been listening to Gary Vee. Um, I, Gary Vee swears a lot, but... Um, <laughs> but you I, can get curse-free yeah, Gary Vee, so yeah. there you go. And I and I didn't listen to him at first because I thought he was just like a Yeah, kind punk. of full of yeah, himself. Like, like, yeah, like, who is this guy? I didn't listen to him. But then I started listening to his message, and he's right on the yeah, money. Yeah, he is. I also listened to uh, Eric the Hip Hop Preacher. He's a great motivational speaker. Um, and Dan Locke, a uh, very good businessman from Canada. Uh, so the, their um, YouTube stuff and uh, podcasts are really good. All right. They keep you going. Uh, yeah, they keep me. I mean, if I ever need inspiration or need help, I just go listen to their podcast. Isn't it great that we live in a time where there is so much just right at our fingertips that yeah. we really can. That's what I hope this show does for people. It gives them that little, um, oh, you know, I see that you know, Rob can do this. So can I. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I came from nothing. Yeah. And uh, I'm just and I'm still just figure, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But um, Gary Vee says, you know, there's no excuses. It's on YouTube. If you need to figure out something on how to do something, it's on YouTube. There's every tutorial, photo. So I had to do all my logos in Photoshop, um, videography, tutorials and everything. There's a tutorial on how to fix a light bulb or whatever it is. (laughs) Everything is on YouTube. So no excuses. If you have an idea or a business, Go on YouTube and research it. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. At no time in the history of the world have we had more opportunity and resources. So yeah. we we should be living our dreams. Yeah. It's great. Okay, so I think I know this answer, but what's the vision for Washi? What's the future? Where do you see this company going? And you? Yeah, so so Washi, um, in my projections, we this next year we will probably be a seven million dollar company. Wow. Um, the the Jansan business, res- the restaurant business, is a ninety-two billion dollar business a year. Tons of money yet because humans use a restroom on average six times a day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be around, um, and that's why I chose Washi first. But um, in five years, we plan to be in every airport, gas station, and stadium, hospital, um, university, every public restroom there is, and and then we plan to to sell. You know, I'm not... You're positioned for somebody to swoop you up. Uh Companies, I've already spoken to one company, but companies like uh, Kohler, American Standard, uh, Gojo, P&G, even Rubbermaid, they they are looking for innovative products all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I need to get my investors their money back, you know, and, and some money on top of it. So... Um, the goal is to to get this company out there um, and then eventually sell it, and then I'm on to my next idea. Yeah, I have about five or six that I need to <laughs> that do that are brewing in your head. That are brewing uh-huh. in my head that I need to do before I die. Yeah, and so Washi is the 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 door that opens those opportunities. Yeah, and also I need to shoot a full feature film. So. You got some things to do, boy. Yeah, I do. do. Well, okay, so here's the deal. We'll get back together in a year or two, and you can give us an update on where you're at with all of that. I love it. Anything else you want the listeners to know that maybe we haven't touched base on? Uh, No, just that that message. Don't don't be afraid. Who cares what your friends think? They don't know everything. Yeah. And just go go ahead and do it. Just like Nike. I always, in my hashtags, no excuses, hashtag, just do it hashtag yeah just you just have to go out there and do it if you believe in it just go and do it figure out how to get past that self-doubt and yeah yeah 
yep. and yourself uh, in our heads. Or even embarrassment. You know, I've always been embarrassed. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be known. This man can roll a toilet through the Venetian. Uh, we can do anything. <laughs> exactly. But if, so Don Aslett, you know yes. who Don Aslett is? Uh-huh, cleaning um, company. He, he, I've met with him several times. He endorsed the product. Oh, I bet he's very interested he's, in what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, he... Um, he did the same thing. He carried a toilet seat suitcase um, around the world. He is, he is, I don't know if people in Idaho know, but Don Asset is worldwide famous. Yeah, I what went a to gem the, we have. Yeah, I went to the uh, biggest cleaning trade show in the world. It was in Dallas uh, last year. And everyone knows Don Asset. Yeah, wow. Everyone, the big wigs, all, everyone knows Don Asset. So... He's he's uh, mentored me a little bit and given me great advice. Um, so appreciative of that. And look how Don turned out. I mean, yeah, with a toilet toilet seat. <laughs> check it out. I know. We that's what we're going to be known for. East Idaho is going to be known for <laughs> the, the cleaning products, the toilet cleaning products. That's right. No, I don't yeah. know. No, hopefully not. Technology. Technology hopefully, around it. Yes, um, making our lives better. Yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs in this town. There's a lot of go-getters in in yeah, Southeast Idaho. Are. So. Hopefully we can become the new Lehigh. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Rob, thank you so, so much for sharing your story today. It's so fun to see a local inventor take an idea and make a business out of it and oh, just everything that you're doing. I'm anxiously awaiting the arrival of Washi wherever I may be in need of a public bathroom break. So thanks for taking care of the needs that affect us all and improving this very necessary experience. Uh, we can't wait to see you take over the world. Um, as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair, located in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for honesty and integrity in automotive repair, along with top-notch customer service, there's really only one place to go. Come see us and let our family take care of your family. Now don't go anywhere. Keep listening to learn tips and tactics that will help you lead your business to success in our business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Business Leadership Moment. The Business Leadership Moment is sponsored by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held right here in East Idaho every November. Uh, It's coming around, so please check it out at www.risecon.com. RiseCon also has a sister event called RiseX. It's held monthly in Idaho Falls and Pocatello now. So a great opportunity to network with other leaders, but more importantly, mastermind and really make some important decisions around your business with other great minds there to help you. So check that out as well at www.risecon.com and rise is spelled with a Z. Okay, today for the business leadership moment, I want to talk to you about employees that are jerks. Do you have any employees that are jerks? I hope not, but I know that in my own career, I have dealt with employees that are jerks, and I've had to make some hard decisions around whether it was worth it to keep them or not. So some of you may know that I'm a nurse by training, and I've had an opportunity to be in nursing leadership. So a nurse is kind of an important individual in the hospital, and it's a 24-7 job. And when we cut, you know, when we fire or we reduce our staff in nursing, That's huge implications because we have patients that we need to take care of. So making a decision to cut an employee who's a jerk can be hard. And here's what makes it harder is, you know, if they're just a jerk and they're not a good employee, not so hard. But if you have an employee that's a jerk and they do their job really well, that's just like a double whammy for you. So that happened a lot in the hospital, I'm sorry to say, where I would hear from people and they would tell me, you know, so-and-so did this and it was awful and it's hard on our culture and our team, but they're such a good nurse. And I would hear that over and over. And I'm like, then what's your definition of a good nurse? Um, Okay, so someone who can take good care of the patients and has technical skills, but they treat everybody like they're a jerk. Uh, And And, you know, I kind of would argue with, I don't think that's necessarily a good nurse. So um, definitely, I want you guys to think about your environment and those people who you might have that you're thinking the same thing of. Yeah, I know. I have so-and-so and they're a great technician. They're a great engineer. They're a great whatever. 
but they treat their coworkers, you know, like crap, and they're not nice to other people, but they're really good, whatever. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little crazy for us to talk like that, because really, I would argue that they're not a good employee. And um, I think when we have employees like that, we've really got to look at what it's costing us. We've got to do the math. Uh, Is it worth it to keep this individual around because of the business that's being produced off of them? Um, I don't know. That's the decision you have to make off of your, you know, you have to make yourself. But what I think you have to take into consideration is the toll that it's taking on the rest of your team. So oftentimes, I think our high performers, when we keep these individuals, these jerks, I'm going to call them, around, um, our high performers are watching this. And, you know, if we're preaching, especially an accountable organization and accountable culture, and we allow behavior to happen like that because that individual is a good whatever, um, I think our high performers are going, yeah, no, that's those are incongruent messages. And they start thinking you know, the trust is definitely eroded for us as leaders. So um, I just want to give you a little shout out for some courage as leaders to really take a look at what they're uh, what the math, you know, do the math and are they really worth it? And what's it doing to your culture? I can tell you uh, in nursing, when I had to make a hard decision and say, you know, this behavior just can no longer be tolerated. And I gave these individuals that opportunity to step up and to be different if they were unable to do that. And we had to separate ways. The other team members were so relieved. They actually told me they would rather work short than work with this individual. Now that's huge because I honestly wouldn't have thought that, right? Um, I th- I I kind of thought, well, they would prefer to not work short. You know, they'd prefer to to have a body here rather than to have to pick up the slack themselves. But no, it was actually very contrary. They were um, happy to work short rather than to have to deal with that any longer. So um, just really consider that. And, and consider being courageous and making having the hard conversations first off with those individuals. And then if you have to separate ways, being brave enough to do it, I promise your culture and your team will be better for it, although it doesn't feel like it at the moment. Um, but I think this is an underestimated um, thing that we take that we aren't serious enough about in our culture. And especially as we're working towards accountable cultures, this is pretty key. So uh, there you go. That's the business leadership moment for this week. And I wish you all courage in making hard decisions and the best in your business. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.